Grimlings, and welcome to episode 7 of the Grim Podcast. I'm Sylvie. Outsmarting people is easier for those who do it than the victims that get caught in their spiderweb. Some people have good intentions, and some not so much. We'll be reading about these outsmarters today. First, we'll get into the story of Jade, an old Chinese tale. Then, I'll read The Magic Headcloth, a short Indonesian fable... Then I'll read The Magic Headcloth, a short Indonesian fable of a king and a deal. Without further ado, let's start reading. Once, a farmer was plowing in his field when he discovered by accident a piece of jade about a foot long. Not knowing that this was indeed a piece of jade, he took it to his neighbor and asked him about it. When his neighbor saw the jade, he immediately coveted it and wanted it all for himself. He said to the farmer, This is an evil and mysterious piece of stone. If you keep it in your house, it will not be good for your family. You should take it to where you found it and put it back. The farmer half believed his neighbor, but he still kept the jade stone with him and put it in his side room. That night, the members of the farmer's family all noticed a bright light emanating from the side room. When they went to take a look, they saw the jade shining and lighting up the entire room. When they saw the strange scene, they were greatly frightened and immediately ran to tell their neighbor. The neighbor saw this as his chance to intimidate them. This proves what I said was right, he said. This surely, that is surely an evil and mysterious piece of stone. Quickly get rid of it before you bring disaster upon yourselves. Upon hearing this, the farmer quickly took the stone, ran off to a faraway place in the wilds, and threw it away. The next day, the farmer's neighbor arose early and ran to this faraway place, secretly retrieved the jade stone, and presented it to his king. When the king obtained this jade stone, he called in his jade expert to inspect it. The expert took one look at it and said, Congratulations to your majesty for obtaining this extremely rare and precious treasure. I've never before seen such a precious piece of jade. The king was delighted and immediately awarded many pieces of gold to the farmer's neighbor. He also granted that he enjoy forever the salary of a high official. That was a tale from Yin Wenzu. And there is a moral, and I'm going to read that. Some people use crafty and underhanded tactics to secure fame and riches, and this is truly despicable. On the other hand, the farmer's ignorance was a sad and unfortunate thing. We need to look into things ourselves to get a clear picture of them, and we should not readily just believe just anybody. Otherwise, we may fall victims to swindlers and scammers. Alright, so now let's move on to the magic headcloth. Many, many years ago, the kingdom of Nendang Kumulan was ruled by a much feared and ferocious king named the Watatinkar. This king had a strange and frightening habit. He liked to eat human beings. Every month, he had to have at least one human being to eat. He especially liked those who were young and chubby. The problem for the king's advisors was how to provide the ruler with enough humans to satisfy his craving. At first, the advisors took people from the countries they had conquered, but eventually they had to look for victims from among their own people. Every month, the soldiers would travel through the villages and select and capture the next victims. The people of Mendankumulan were terrified of the king and his army. One day, a young traveler arrived in the kingdom. The stranger stood tall and straight. He was kind and clever and was well received by the visit villagers. At first, they thought that he would serve well as the next victim, 
but they took a liking to the young man. He was called Ajisaka. Ajisaka took shelter in the house of a widow who quickly came to look upon the young man as her own son. Ajisaka began to teach the villagers. He also listened to the villagers' problems and often helped them find solutions. When he heard of the king's strange appetite, Ajisaka sympathized with their plight and immediately volunteered to become the king's next meal. Ajisaka went directly to the king's palace. He boldly announced to the king that he was willing to sacrifice himself. I am willing to be your next meal, your highness. However, I have a request. The Watatsinkara was pleased. Ajisaka was young and strong. He would make a tender and filling meal. Whatever you please, young man, I will grant your request, the king replied. Before you eat me, grant me some land, just enough for my own grave. <laughs> your own grave? I will give you enough land for many graves. Oh no, your majesty. I just need land that is the length of my own headcloth. The ferocious king laughed again and agreed to what he thought was a very strange request. This you shall have. Come, let us measure your headcloth so that I can have my meal, and you can have your grave. With this, Ajisaka began to unwrap the cloth tied around its head. The king got down from his throne and took hold of one end. He stepped backward, thinking that the cloth would unravel to the usual length of one meter. What he didn't know was that this headcloth was much longer than usual. The king kept going backward, step by step, as the cloth kept unraveling. He stepped backward through the palace square, backward across the village marketplace, backward down the length of the village, and backward through the countryside. People gathered, amazed at the sight of their king, walking backward through the kingdom, holding the end of Adisaka's headcloth. The Watachinkara was mystified. He was a king, and he had to keep his promise. The king's word is final. He could do nothing other than measure the length of the headcloth and grant the land to Adisaka. He kept stepping backward the length of his kingdom until he finally reached the sea cliffs of the southern seas. By now, a great crowd had gathered. They held their breath as their king took his final step backward over the cliff's edge and plunged into the waves, crashing against the rocks at the foot of the seawall. A victorious roar rose up as they watched their greedy king disappear under the waves. Carl returned to the palace with Ajisaka and thanked him for his courage cunning and magical powers. They made him their new king. To this day, Ajisaka is remembered as the wise ruler who later brought knowledge to the letters of the Javanese. So that brings this episode to an end. Thank you everyone so much for joining me. Till our next adventure, bye gremlins.